Welcome to my podcast, guys. If you are here to work on your relationship with your child, then you are for sure in the right space because you will always, always have to work on your relationship with yourself. And this is what I offer here on my podcast. So if you listen to my podcast and hear things that are completely are not obviously related to your son, listen on because whatever uh, you improve in your relationship with yourself will automatically improve your all of your relationships, including with your son. So welcome and enjoy. Hey guys, how are you today? I've been thinking about you and I have a really good one for you today. Something that I uh, I've have experience with and I think it'll be really helpful for you to, um, to see my take and how I deal with my morning anxiety. Um, I think it's really, it's a really, um, nice way, uh, to deal with it. So I'll share that with you today. Five steps. I have written them down. Uh, and just on another note, just on a personal note, I wanted to share that uh, I'm on my food journey where I am eating clean. I'm, I'm, the next step is for me to, to figure out how to stop overeating because I'm eating really well. I'm not eating sugar or flour. I'm, I'm eating really nourishing foods. Uh, but I've noticed that I still have that desire to like take an extra couple of bites just in case because I'm thinking, oh, it might not be enough, might not be enough. And so that's kind of my next step, which I feel is progress. I feel excited to, to, to be that person who only eats to the point where they are satisfied, full, and just stops eating. Like I, I see people around me who do that and I'm really fascinated about it. And I want to be that person and I am, growing into that person like what is that person how does that feel to just stop eating and not worry that it won't be enough right so that's really interesting to me right now and uh I wanted to share with you in case you like in the afternoons you have that power dip, energy dip, and you ha- like sometimes go for food or coffee or tea or something to give you a little pick me up. I've just recently had a breakthrough with that myself, so I want to share with you. So I've always um, had like an afternoon snack and I've had the dip and I would um, then resort to coffee and uh, before that it would be coffee and some sort of a snack. And uh, I, for the longest time, I want, wanted to stop it because I felt like I, I really didn't want it, um, but it was emotionally, right? like I was emotionally hooked. I was like, no, 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 it's just something, it's like a little reward, a little something um, to focus on. It just, I just really was um, more emotionally hooked on it than actually physically, you know, wanting to drink the coffee. Like sometimes I didn't really feel like a coffee, but I would drink it. And so um, finally, I kind of let go of that. I stopped having that coffee. And, and what I have instead is warm water, like uh, hot water with lemon or warm water with lemon or just hot water. And that feels extremely nourishing to my body. I love it so much. It feels ex- like exactly what my body needs. And um, I found that around like 2.33 p.m. I have that dip where I just need to close my eyes and like have this power nap. And it takes literally like less than 10 minutes. And I usually do it in the car right before I pick up my kids. 
So I know you know some of you work in the office, right? Or you're working from home, or you know our schedules are different, right? You might not be picking up your kids, you might be at work, whatever it is. I'm sure that you can find, um, like if that's the case for you, like you could find uh, a quiet. 10 minutes in the car like because if you can find time to go grab a coffee you can probably do the same in the car right just have that power nap which is what I do I just drive to the parking lot I park and I have about sometimes 10 15 20 minutes before I pick them up and I just have that power nap there and it feels so good to my body it feels like I'm recharging it I'm nourishing it and it finally feels like something, my body's getting what it actually always needed, what it always wanted. It never wanted that coffee or that extra food. All it needed is some um, energy, recharge, right? Or some uh, water to drink. So uh, just that's just a little some, uh, you know, on the side. For you, if you want to kind of get rid of that afternoon snack uh, and extra pounds, you can for sure uh, know that you can get there. You just have to find your way, like what what would work for you. And for me, right, it was trying all the other different people's ways. Like I would hear what someone else is doing, I'd try it. Someone else is doing, try it. And just kept trying different things. And finally, I hit on something that works for me. So keep trying that. Try my thing. If it doesn't work, adjust it to how you like it. Uh, but know that you can get there. Know that you can not have that snack and actually be better off, which is what I was always was my obstacle. I thought if I don't have it, I'll be worse off. But the opposite is true. I'm so much better off. I, I just love it. So let's get to the morning anxiety. And this actually can apply, right, to any anxiety, evening anxiety throughout the whole day, anything, right? But for me, I, I have that morning like little tenseness, right? And um, the reason why I wanted to share with you, because I have the system that I do daily, what I do with it is um, something that works for me. And so here is what it is. The way I think about anxiety is that it is a child inside of me that is worried, right? So all I have to do is hear it out. And this is how I'm thinking. There is a child that's worried and it needs to be heard out. So because I have a family to take care of, I have four kids, actual four kids outside of me that I need to take care of in the morning, drive them to school, feed them lunches, uh, get my own coffee, get dressed, all this morning stuff they have to do. I do do it, but I, while I'm doing it, I feel a bit of that anxiety in my body. And so I can't really um, address it right then because I'm busy doing other things, right? So the first step that I do for me is I feel it in my body and I describe it to myself how it feels in my body. And what that requires is for you to get to know how that feels in your body. So for me, it feels like tenseness in my stomach. It feels like closed off. Uh, it feels like a little bit of restlessness, like my body wants to do things to feel better, uh, like accomplish some things to to find relief. Um, it feels like, um, and it almost feels like I'm worried about nothing or and I'm worried about everything, right? You know that feeling? Um, so mostly it's like this tenseness 
tightness in my stomach. That's how it feels. So this this is a process of getting to know what your anxiety feels like in your body every single day or whenever that happens, right? So every day you get better at knowing what it feels like in your body. Um, and as you get to know what it feels like in your body, then you will be um, a lot better at acknowledging it, right? First of all, we have to acknowledge it and say, oh, oh, I'm feeling this tightness. I'm feeling this anxiety right now. And that is the first step because if we don't know that what's going on is actually this anxiety, we might be believing that something's wrong, right? Because anxiety is like this feeling that something's wrong. Either you're doing something wrong or something's wrong out there or you're forgetting something or something's going to, bad's going to happen later, right? So you might be getting caught up in it. You might be reacting to it. And when we react to it, we're more likely to fight with people. We're more likely to try to control the other people, the, the world, the day. And, and that doesn't end up well when we're reacting to, um, to our anxiety, right? So first, right, is getting to know it. That's the first step is how does it feel in my body when I'm anxious? Second step once you know what it feels like, then the next, like let's say the next time it comes up, you acknowledge it. That's the second step. Tell yourself, oh, here, you know, I, f- I feel it. There it is. There's my anxiety or there's that tightness or I feel it, right? Oh, I feel my anxiety. So that's the second step. That's, that's just how I do it, right? So you can take some things that work for you. You can leave it, right? The third step that I do is I tell my anxiety in that moment when I'm busy taking care of my kids and driving to school, I tell myself, I, I will get to you as soon as I can. I hear you. I see you there. I know you're worried. I'll get to you as soon as I can. And that's the third step, right? I tell it like I, I see you. So it's like a child, right? Your child is worried and it keeps on nagging at you. Mama, 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 mama. I need to, I know, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. But you're like, hey, dude, I, I need to, you know, take, feed this kid's breakfast. I need to drive him to school. I need to pack lunches. I, as soon as I'm done this, you're my next priority, right? And if you actually get to it as soon as you can, you will then be a lot more patient, right? And so then once I'm done with dropping my kids off and I have this uh, this um, privilege that I can actually uh, address it after because I am in charge of my day, I have my own business and I go home and I do the step number four. The step number four is listen it out, hear it out. Sit down and hear what your child, your worried child has to say. And I do it by writing everything down. And I just, it's like a little blur out, um, little verbal diary onto paper. And I, that child tells me everything that it's worried about. Things that, um, like things about to-do list, things you have to do today, um, things about the future, things about the past, like all the things. And it doesn't have to make any sense. It actually sometimes makes no sense. And that's why I, I like to think of it as a child because sometimes kids are naive and don't know, don't have enough information. So they're worried about things that we grown-ups are not worried about, right? Because we know it's totally fine. It's not a big deal. So that's why I listen out 
listen to the child talk and I write it all down and um, what else did I write? So no matter, so it's, it can be unreasonable. It can make no sense. It can be naive. It can sound stupid. Uh, so I want you to kind of hold back that judgment and know that this is like a child talking. And the, the other reason why it is non doesn't make any sense is because this is your primitive brain talking. This is the primitive brain that helped us evolve when we were in the cave ages, when we were developing our brain, human brain, that other brain, the primitive brain, was the only job that it had was to keep us safe. And so how does our brain keep us safe is by sounding alarms when it senses danger. So back in the day in the caves, we had real life, live danger with, you know, animals trying to eat us, starvation, cold. So that brain really saved us, really helped us out to keep us on the lookout for danger, right? Keep us on the lookout for the tiger. And so, but now these days, we still have that brain, but we don't have any tigers around us. We don't have any starvation. Food is everywhere. We don't have cold. We have clothes. We have houses. We have cars, right? So then what does that brain do? That brain still keeps working and still finds danger in the non-dangerous things. Like, you know, forgetting something, saying something stupid, um, looking stupid, being embarrassed, um, getting that thing wrong, not being successful, like all the social um, things, uh, social life that we have, it might find danger in all of that, right? It might find danger in um, just the everyday things, like not having enough, it starts making up things like not having enough food, right? Um, so this is what this is happening is your your primitive brain is sounding alarms but they're false alarms there's no real danger and that's why um when i listen to that brain i hear it out as a grown up so i'm a grown up and i listen to the child who is a little bit unreasonable who thinks everything is dangerous and I don't really have much judgment for it, right? I don't call it stupid. I don't think it's um, an idiot for thinking this. I don't think it shouldn't think this. I'm like, no, like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, you're a child. You don't know if it's safe. Like, it's understandable. You're a little bit naive. You're not that mature. You know, the brain that you're, the primitive brain, you're not that mature. You're not that sophisticated. And so I understand that you're freaking out about all these things and it's okay. So as I uh, hear it out, right, then as it, as it is on paper, I look at it from my grown-up brain and then I can talk, like, talk back to it. Right? I can respond to it. And so this sounds like a multiple personalities and it is because we are humans. We can actually think about the thoughts that we think. So we can have a thought and then we can have reaction to that thought. And that's what's happening. We have this thought, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm not going to get this done, I'm behind, blah, blah, And then we can have a response to it from our more mature grown-up brain and tell it, it's totally fine, I can hear that you're worried, we'll not get it done, here's what I'm as a grown-up going to do to make sure it's done. I'm going to finish this anxiety session and I'm going to get right to work and I'm going to give myself an hour and get it done. 
right? So you have a chance to basically give space to the anxious little kid. You have you give it space to to vent. It vents, 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 and you listen. And sometimes all it takes is for you to listen. Other times you might need to tell it. We'll handle it. It's fine. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's my plan for the day. I got it. Don't worry about it, right? And then, so that's step number four. Listen to, to the little worried kid or hear it out. Step number five, ask that little kid, what else? Is there anything else? And there usually is. There usually is something else. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 one more, one more, one more thing, one more thing. And then it gives you another thing that it's worried about. And you listen to that thing. And so those are five steps. Step number one, describe it to yourself how it feels in your body. That is kind of getting to know what your anxiety is. And it helps you get to step number two, which is acknowledging it. Like, yeah, I feel you. I hear you. I feel anxiety. And then if you cannot get to it in the moment to listen to the child, then tell it the step number three. You know, I hear you. I'm going to get to you as soon as I can. It might be tonight. It might be tomorrow. Um, get, I'm going to get to it on my lunch break. I'm going to make five minutes for you in the bathroom on my phone, right? <laughs> um, and so that's step number three. Step number four, you actually make time for it. You make space for it. And here I want to give you uh, like a little caveat. caveat or it, it, does, it might sound to you like this is a lot of work or you don't have time for this or it might take a lot of time. And it does not have to take a lot of time. There have been times where I would do it uh, on my phone. I would grab my phone and I would tell myself, just this does not have to take long, two minutes, and I would open up notes and I would just start typing all of the brain dump, all of the thoughts I'm thinking, all of the worries. And it would literally take a few minutes until I would breathe a sigh of relief. Oh, phew, I've been heard. Oh, okay. There's someone who's taking care of me because they listen to me. They're going to get these things taken care of for me, taken care of as an adult. Okay. And so it can take minutes. I just want you to know it is, it's not a big deal. It does not have to take a long time. And also, I personally know I can benefit from feeling like, yes, I do have a bit of time. Like I do spend, you know, I tell myself, it's okay. I will spend as long as you need. I will make half an hour for it. I know you want an hour, but I don't want to sit here and listen to whining for for one hour, right? So you can play around with it. What works for you? Some people, for a while for me, it worked for me in the evening to take that little dump of, dump of like all that tension, dump it somewhere, vent and feel good, relief. Some days in the morning, some days you don't make time for it. It's fine. You're going to be fine. Just tell, tell yourself you're going to get to it, right? So, um, but the, the, the bottom line is if we ignore that child who's worried inside of us, we will f- drag that heavy feeling with us everywhere and it's not going to feel good, right? We're, we're gonna, it's going to come out somewhere, right? And, some people, you, you might actually already do that if you have like a daily phone chat with your mom or your friend or someone, and that is where you vent, right? If that's where you vent, you will feel some relief because you feel like you've been heard. 
But I want to tell you, you don't need somebody else to feel heard, right? Because it might be too much for for someone for you to dump your daily um, worries on them, and it might not be convenient. You you know, it's not sometimes it's not the best when we always need someone to be there for us. It's kind of a, we're dependent then, right? We don't want to be dependent. On that, and that is why I'm teaching you this this process is that you don't have to depend on anyone because you are always there for yourself, right? It's great that if someone's there for you, awesome, uh, but know that you can do this for yourself anytime. And in fact, you actually still always do it for yourself, even when someone else is listening. The only reason why you feel better and you feel relief is because your thoughts change. You're like, oh, okay, glad I like you. Um, kind of vented. I, so I've been heard, um, and you kind of clear out your mind, right? It's still you um, doing that process. It's just someone else is on the other end, or it's you on the other end. Okay, so um, however much time you want to spend on it, it's up to you. Um, and it is a it is a commitment, and I I'm gonna tell you I don't always feel like doing it. In fact, sometimes I often have resistance. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, right? Because it is laborsome. Uh, but it's like with the gym. If you st- if you do the first step, if you kind of get dressed and get yourself there, the rest is easy. It's just the first step that's really hard because you have a little bit of resistance. You want to take the easy road. You want to go to Starbucks and get yourself a yummy drink with a snack and kind of distract yourself and feel better and tell yourself everything's fine, blah, 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 right? But I know if you're listening to this, you might be ready to address the root of your anxiety and not just distract yourself. And that takes a little bit of work. That takes you a little bit of, you know what, I'm going to do this for myself and feel better. Okay. So what else? So I listed the five steps for you. And that is uh, what I do with my anxiety. So Basically, to summarize, I think of my anxiety as a little child who's who's just worried. It's worried. I need to talk to it. I need to listen to it. I am going to comfort it. I'm going to tell that child that I'll take care of it. And I'm go- and sometimes I have to tell that child how exactly what steps I'm going to do to take care of it, because it has a bunch of like a list of to dos and things that it's worried about, and it doesn't know when they're gonna get done. It's like oh my god, I don't know when I'm gonna have time, and it's just super dramatic, right? So I tell, I listen it out, and then I tell the child, or I tell myself, no problem, I I got this. I will do this then that that then then and. Then I'm I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna make a decision. I'm not doing this, and so I go through each item and I address it, and that takes some time. And also, I tell it that I'll come back to it if it needs me, and um, I come back to it often. Right? I, I make it a point to listen to it regularly because it is worried and it needs to be heard. So that is how I deal with my anxiety. Um, in the mornings, and I take care. This is how I take care of myself, and then I move on to do what is required of me. And I find that that makes me more equipped to take care of others, to run a business, to help my clients, to take care of my kids. I feel like I'm prepared, I'm ready, I I am taken care of. So then I can take care of others. So. 
I would love to help you with your anxiety. I've helped people overcome like debil uh, dis. How do you say it? debilitating? The anxiety that that um, enables makes them unable to do things in their life. And I helped people with that. I helped people overcome just um, chronic anxiety. Um, for you, for everyone, we experience it differently, and the thoughts that create our anxiety will be different. So, if you need help with that, I would love to talk to you and walk you through them, and kind of help you prepare to make anxiety your friend, your little passenger, not the driver. All right, um, and. If you are fighting with your son because of your anxiety, bring it. Let's do this. This does not have to be your reality. We can get you to zero fights. You can have a handle on your anxiety. You can take care of your inner child. And then you can stop fighting with your son. All right? Well, I love you all. And I will talk to you next week. Okay? Bye. <laughs>